It's mid-October and we're entering the holiday season at work, just as we are everywhere else. In fact, we just celebrated a federally designated holiday called in most states Columbus Day and in five states referred to as Indigenous Peoples Day. What do holidays mean in workplaces? What are the implications if the holidays that you celebrate in your home and community are not honored by your employer? What can companies do to better navigate what can be a confusing and complex dynamic of which days are designated holidays and which are not? Let's go. In a world where workplaces are sometimes toxic for people and humanity has been squeezed out by outdated rules, how do leaders who care create enlivened workplace cultures? This show has the answers. On Let's Make Work Human, we discuss how organizations can meet their mission and make a profit without squeezing the life out of people. The path to how lies in unbreakable connections, clear purpose, and real partnerships that debunk and demolish old mindsets about the world of work. I'm Mo Carrick, and I'm a beekeeper, mother of adults, CEO, culture expert, award-winning entrepreneur, and best-selling author, and I'm joined on this show by my colleague and friend, awesome coach, mother of a toddler, award-winning creative, DEI facilitator, and millennial, May Rats. Together, we tackle teams that gossip, leaders who are bad for people, partnering while working, belonging, and so much more with an irreverent and honest look at what it takes to make every workplace fit for the human beings who work there. We're on a mission to stop the suck and restore humanity to work. This show will warm your heart, challenge your thinking, and leave you laughing out loud. <laughs> hello. Okay. Hello, May. <laughs> hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> welcome back to the May and Mo show. Mo has just been on sabbatical for what feels like 62 years. I was going to say 22 minutes. (laughs) We clearly have a difference of opinion. We have had different experiences of Mo's sabbatical, (laughs) which we will cover at a different time. But welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back, Mo. Thank you. Thanks for covering all the things you and the team did while I was gone. It was great. And uh, yeah, I think I've decided that in the future, uh, only a one month away doesn't qualify as a sabbatical. It qualifies as a vacation because it was really only three weeks. So we're going to just change that whole language, but it is good to be back. Yeah, I haven't looked it up, but I think the definition of a sabbatical is like long enough for you to forget you go to work. Yeah, it might have to be a little longer <laughs> than that for me. Just okay. <laughs> it, yeah, it's like jet lag, you know, where you're like, when you go back, it's like however many time zones, it's like that day, that many days to get yourself back. So you have to go away for as many decades long months, I think, as you, you know, you get what I'm saying, to even yes. out three yes. months for every decade. Oh, I think you got a longer one in you, I, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think it's going to be called retirement. But that's not what we're here to talk about because... Um, what I noticed that when I got back, because I was gone for pretty much the month of September, that getting back now, we're just running right into holiday season. We've got Halloween, all the pumpkins are all out, and then followed quickly by all of the disruptive scheduling that comes with Thanksgiving and the holidays and et cetera. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. It's like holidays and work and how does this all work and how do we feel about it 
this is going to be an interesting conversation because you and I have very differing experiences around holidaying. We also have very differing experiences around work and holidaying. So I can't, I can't wait. What is the question? <laughs> the question I think is, I think it's sort of what is the impact of the holidays that are typically celebrated in businesses on people in these changing times when diversity, equity, inclusion are really burgeoning and, we're, and we now know a lot more about holidays that exist for some and not others than we used to. So I guess I'm, I'm just really, the question for me is like, why do we celebrate what we do and what impact does it have on people? Yeah. And by celebrate, you mean like which federally hol- federal holidays are we getting off of work? Federal holidays we get off. How do we take days off other than that if we celebrate that holiday? And what, what does that mean for employees? Because I think it's complex for employees and I think it's complex for employers. Well, from my view as an employee for my uh, whole career so far, 17 minutes, it's that the employer decides what holidays are celebrated and then you get those days off. And if you don't celebrate those holidays, you have to take personal days to celebrate the holidays that you're celebrating, but you also get the other ones off. Are those the rules? (laughs) (laughs) Well, a federally designated holiday of which there are, I believe in the United States right now, there are 10, um, are ones that are sometimes treated as paid holidays by private and public companies. And those are sort of like the usual. So I think they are New Year's Day, Martin Luther King's Day. I'm looking at a list, which is why I know these. President's Day, which used to be called Washington's birthday, Memorial Day, Independence Day, otherwise known as Fourth of July, Labor Day, Columbus Day, which is an interesting one, which we just had this week, Thanksgiving and Christmas Day. Those are typically the holidays that are given off. And that based like here in the US, that's what's celebrated. And many, not all, but many companies give employees a day off or they give them uh, it says on the weekend, they give them the Friday or the Monday before. Off. What do you What do you notice about that list right off as you look at it? Well, there's some holidays that are sort of questionable, you know, <laughs> around, around like why they exist. And, they, and they're changing. Like, so for example, let's talk about Columbus Day as one let's example. Do. That's, what it's, that's what it's been called as a federally designated holiday. And I, we have chosen to recognize it as Indigenous people. Day, which I think five states also have recognized instead of Columbus Day, but not it is not a federal holiday yet to be called Indigenous Peoples Day. But it's a very interesting one for me because Columbus Day is one of those federal holidays here in the U.S. that many companies don't take. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not mandated that you take it, and so I think many have not taken it. Kind of a little bit like President's Day, what used to be called Washington's. And I think that the switch, it's a pretty big leap from celebrating Christopher Columbus to celebrating indigenous peoples <laughs> because yeah. Christopher Columbus is widely known to have been not only an explorer of many unexplored lands by white people, but he also brought problems, perpetrated problems around the world, yeah, he- you know, from the explorations, from said exploration that he was sponsored to do. So it's really very different than to celebrate the indigenous people that he met in his explorations and in many cases who have suffered at the hand of exploration by white settlers like us. So I think it's uh, like that makes it a very controversial federal holiday for employers to navigate and also for employees to navigate. How do we, how are we going to, what are we going to call this holiday? A, what are we actually celebrating? Um, So we'll come back to that one because there's others on the list that are similar. For example, Thanksgiving, which is, you know, problematic. 
it's problematic. I grew up celebrating <laughs> it though, as a white, you know, yeah. woman raised by kind of largely Christian immigrants learned that Thanksgiving was something to really celebrate. And I've now come to see that Thanksgiving is actually also sort of misnamed because <laughs> the, the thanks and the giving part. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> there was again, genocide and yes. exploitation perpetrated at the hands of the people who, for whom Thanksgiving was named. And I, you know, I don't say that in a blaming way. Like I understand that at a point in time, it maybe made sense to celebrate Christopher Columbus and to celebrate Thanksgiving for people at the time, but we have now reconsidered and we're saying, you know, wait a second. Mm -hmm. So for many, those two holidays in particular are probably fraught with painful historical emotions and feelings based on exploitation and generational harm that was perpetrated to some people by others, in particular in the case of Columbus Day on First Nations or Indigenous people in, in the case of Thanksgiving, also actually on the case of mm -hmm. Indigenous people by white settlers. So what are we actually celebrating? And, and, and if we're celebrating the people who exploited other people, that seems like, you know outdated, which is why I think the holiday of Columbus is being challenged and renamed, which I'm grateful for. But you know, it yeah. leaves some dynamic energy around it for us. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting to think about holidays because also I just want to like take a little off ramp here that I just learned that in the Midwest, when someone says that's so interesting, it's actually not a good thing. I... <laughs> I'm trying to find a new word for it. I promise dollar Midwestern listeners. Anyways, it is a good thing. But what I'm trying to say is that it, that we, when we choose to celebrate something, we're giving it space, especially in a society that doesn't actually handle resting very well right. or celebrating. So it's kind of a big deal when we give space to rest and celebration. So you'd think mm -hmm. that the things that we are celebrating should be things that stand very close to our societal values, right? Because we've chosen so specifically. So I think that's where sometimes this rub comes from. That's like, wait, we don't rest for very many things. And this is the thing that we're going to rest and celebrate. Then that tells us a lot about the country, right? But I think in terms of work, it seems very difficult to, like, often we say, well, who is like whose holidays are they that everybody is being kind of forced and pigeonholed into celebrating? So there's two conversations. One is like, why are we celebrating those things? And the second thing is like, whose are they? Because not everybody's celebrating them. And the right. things that people are celebrating that they hold near and dear are on different days. Yes. But I looked up how many holidays there are in the world and like, we just wouldn't go to work. Right, exactly. And how many, there's how many like, were there? Did you get a number? There's like, there's like 640. So I feel like we would be doing like double duty. <laughs> like, we, like we're celebrating two right now. I don't know what so they are. Two holidays are happening today. So to celebrate all the holidays that exist that we can find globally, oh. we basically don't only have to make workplaces fit for you in life. We have to eliminate workplaces. No work. We, no work. We're too only busy. celebrating. Yeah. Right. Going. <laughs> to rest and recovery. Every, exactly. Everybody goes on sabbatical. That's the answer. <laughs> well, which is why it's so difficult, I think, for, and I do have empathy for employers here, right? Because there's there's history around why we celebrate what we do. And one of the things that I, and I like another example for me about a 
And I want to hear, May, from you because you have a different heritage. You have, have a different racial and ethnic heritage than I do. I, I identify as a white woman um, born in North America of probably third or fourth, fourth generation immigrants, mostly from Europe. And so I kind of bought into a lot of the traditional holidays because they were what my family celebrated. They were how yeah. we showed up. A good example for me is the 4th of July, which is also called Independence Day, which I was trained to think of as a celebration of our freedom as a nation. And one of my kids, actually, my oldest son, has really reframed Independence Day for me. We now call it Interdependence Day because Mm -hmm. that's what actually I think is, is necessary to solve the world's problems. And although we did emancipate in the forming of our nation, we also there were problems and complexities associated with the way settlers, you know, came here and became quote in, independent. And then we have a number of holidays that we celebrate federally that are religious holidays in particular, very specifically Christmas, which is a Christian holiday celebrated by Christians around the world, but we have a lot of people in the workplace and a lot of people globally who do not celebrate Christmas for mm-hmm. whom that doesn't feel good at all because their spiritual practice practices likely celebrate things on different days, whether it's a Jewish holiday, a Muslim holiday, or any other religious holiday that you celebrate. Um, And I I have heard employees really talk about the alienation that starts to happen for them starting about now, right? Which is why I wanted to talk about this today, starting in mid-October, kind of through the new year, where it's all about a series of holidays that everybody is talking about and celebrating people are given time off the work that have actually no meaning for those human beings. And then the holidays that do have meaning for them, nobody else is celebrating or talking about. Right. So I'm curious because you've talked a lot about Christmas and how Christmas is like a difficult concept for you to to understand. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I want to go back just a, just a tidbit and that like these holidays don't have any meaning for certain people. Totally. But celebrating them as a wide, like, butter swath across the work toast sends a message. (laughs) Like, it has a meaning, which is like, we're only doing this. You know, we celebrate Christmas. This is what we We celebrate. Right. And And so the implication there is that we... To say we, capital w, means that we. all right, capital yeah. W we means that we all. The assumption that underlines that being celebrated is that we all celebrate that thing. That yes, that whoever makes these decisions for federally designated holidays say this is the majority. Most of us, the insiders, celebrate this thing, and that's what matters. That that is the choice that's being made around these holidays, and I think that's flawed. That in and of itself is flawed. Yeah, I don't. My family didn't celebrate Christmas. <laughs> I don't know. We didn't we didn't really celebrate Christmas. We didn't have a tree. All right. Hi mom. She listens religiously to this podcast. So I'm just gonna say hello to her. But we had a chair of plenty. We didn't have a tree. We just like piled stuff onto the chair, mostly with socks and books. It was great. It was wonderful. But it, I've now come to realize because I've partnered with someone whose family took Christmas very seriously in like all the all the traditional ways of Christmas that I have missed a couple Christmas lessons, <laughs> which is confusing. It's confusing because I thought we were just celebrating. I thought it was just days that we rest and be with each other and have fun. And I'm realizing that it comes with a whole bunch of other expectations. So 
I think for me, holidays, it's not really that it's like, oh, we don't really, you're forced to celebrate this thing. I enjoy the rest. Please don't stop taking, please don't take Christmas away from us. But I am saying (laughs) that I don't experience Christmas the same way. And my, our traditional holiday of Chinese New Year isn't celebrated, except for in California Mm -hmm. this last year. (laughs) It Mm -hmm. just got recognized. So I don't know. It feels a little bit like we'll take the rest Thank you very much. But, you know, if we don't celebrate it the way you celebrate it, we're just going to fake it when we get back in and we start asking about how your Christmas was, you know. But there are moments where you get a little bound up, like when I'm, you know, talking to my partner about how to do Christmas and how to do holidays and we have misunderstandings, which also happens in the workplace, you know, because there's like questions and conversation and like emotional buildup around certain things and questions well, about yeah. how seriously we're taking things, you know? Yeah. And there's secret Santas and there's all those Christmas parties and there's, yeah. you know, there's a lot that's happening, particularly around the Christmas holiday, I think in the workplace, but also the sort of ending of the year, the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas is a very, um, you know, a, in, in many ways, kind of a binary focus on that holiday. I want to go back to something that I'm curious about because you talk about, you've talked in the past about the chair of plenty. And I'm curious about that ritual that your family had that coincided with Christmas. Was that something that your family created because you had, your parents were blended in their spiritual beliefs and you wanted to create, they wanted to create something new, or is that a Chinese tradition? (laughs) (laughs) I never met anybody else with a chair of plenty. Okay. Uh, I wasn't wasn't bashing the entire Chinese Nice. No, the chair of plenty. I've never heard of it from other Chinese <laughs> identifying people. But <laughs> well, no, I don't think the chair of plenty exists anywhere else. My mom is um, exceptionally creative, and I think it also comes from like leave no trace of like not cutting down a tree, and you know, like what do we already have that we can just use? I think there's a lot that's tied into it that's very specific to my family. But yeah, as I watch my grandparents. Um, move through Christmas who are like my maternal grandparents are, you know, first generation Chinese immigrated during the Chinese revolution. They pretend to do Christmas in such an intense way that it is wildness. Mm. Like that's when they start calling us sweetie. My grandmother's gone Mm. now, but like that's when she would call me sweetie. Like we would just like assimilate quickly into Mm. like American Christian culture around Christmas. We would give everybody gifts you know, mm. and it's just like we're trying to play, we're playing holiday, which right. I think sometimes happens. I'm noticing in the workplace and even with like this other this other system that bridges that we have worked with in the past that bridges Canada and the U.S. around Canadian Thanksgiving, American yeah. Thanksgiving. Everybody's got to play each other's holiday you know, instead of just yeah. being, I don't, instead of just being honest about it. Like we don't celebrate that. Right. Or we do celebrate that. Or how can we make that easier for you? You know? Like- well, yeah, right. And but I also think that I want to go back to that. So I'm gonna hold I'm putting a placeholder in that for a minute because I want to go back to the, the chair of plenty and the idea of assimilation <laughs> with your with your grandparents who were Chinese immigrants. That I think that is something that happens oftentimes in terms of the dominant culture really yeah. forcing, especially around Christmas, but also uh probably around Thanksgiving, and certainly even historically other holidays that are celebrated, that are, that, are, that are pushing a history that is only one people's history, that everybody else begins to need to assimilate. I remember a dear friend of mine in high school who was Jewish, 
she used to be, she was very curious about Christmas and she always really enjoyed participating in Christmas, but it wasn't her holiday. So it was like she manufactured feelings about Christmas because that was yeah. what everybody literally, you know, at Barnstable High School on, in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, that's what everybody else was talking about. So being Jewish and having her holidays from Rosh Hashanah to, you know, um, Yom Kippur to how she celebrated Shabbat yeah. was completely different. And, and no, and really there was a singular lack of curiosity and space for the holidays that she, that were important to her and her family in our day-to-day lives. And so her, her people, her family celebrated those things privately. So I think that's one of the other differentiations is what do we celebrate privately and then what is acknowledged by the majority systems. In this case, we're talking about federal holidays that employees typically get off um, and workplaces making those decisions. So it must feel very isolating for people that don't celebrate these things that mainstream society here in the West in North America celebrates. Yeah. And if we're really going to like deep dive into why we celebrate things, some of the holidays that we have right now, Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, they get kind of stripped down to just the party part instead Mm -hmm. of like what we're actually celebrating. And the holidays that we're missing, like many of the Jewish holidays have such rich history of that they're celebrating survival, you know, like these amazing moments of them celebrating themselves as a community, surviving something very difficult. And I think when we don't celebrate those, we don't see them. It's like we aren't seeing such a huge piece of that culture, whether they, you know, are practicing Jews or not. It's like Mm -hmm. still a very large piece of culture. And that goes for many like other things. And then to juxtapose that against Christmas, which my local Safeway is already celebrating, you know, like, but just by having stockings out right now in, on October 11th, you know? Right. Right. Well, I think that's, yeah, it's become a commercial. Well, it's become commercial, hasn't it? I mean, and I think people that I know that are of the Christian faith often say like, that's Santa is not Christmas. Like they too are celebrating a spiritual memorialization of things that happened as religious artifacts of, of their actual practice. And so that does get sort of lost with this idea of what we recognize and what we don't. I yeah. I was recently talking to an employee who identifies as Muslim, whose family is Muslim, and she was talking about how painful it is mm. to not have the holidays that matter to her and her family and that she and her husband practice in their home be named noticed or seen by her employer in any way and then to have the only time off as you said earlier to to be facilitated particularly between now and the new year be the more christian oriented and white settlement oriented holidays the twin you know uh the the partners of thanksgiving and christmas you know Mm -hmm. that don't have any real meaning for her and just feeling really outside of that having some resentment about that. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. I can see where that comes from. One of the things that we were talking about is, and it gets this gets to your point of there's 600 holidays, let's say, that are celebrated. Is it for those people, for people that don't celebrate any of the column, like 10 common federally designated holidays, I think many employees um, appropriately are willing to give people time off for the holidays they celebrate if they ask, but it's not a federally designated holiday. They have to take yeah. it as their PTO, right? which makes it different. Now, you also get the federally yeah. designated holiday, so it's not like you're penalized you know, for that. 
but you but but it's you have you have to ask you know i mean even yeah you have to ask but i mean you you kind of are penalized like if i have to ask, if i have to take paid time off for my holiday but you don't have to take paid time off for your holiday i just had to take a paid time off for mine right like right. so i'm still like 3 days off. I'm three days down from you right. if we're going tit for tat. Yeah. And you just get to like run free into your Christmas. And I don't get that for my Chinese New Year. Right. right. Which actually Chinese New Year is supposed to be two weeks. Mm. You know, like there's just not a system built for that right. inside of Western North American business culture, which would be my question to you is that when I brought this up in groups, specifically talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion and how to like look these hol- this holiday system in the face is that like Western business culture, North American Western bu- business culture moves in this calendar. Like the surge of this schedule is much larger than one system. So how do you, especially as a mid-sized business, start making decisions that are different? Say you really want to switch it up and you've got 10, 10 employees and half of them celebrate something different and you want to start celebrating Diwali or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you start making those choices when the larger umbrella around you isn't going to move at that pace? Like FedEx isn't open on Christmas. Right. So if you decide to not work on Christmas, cool, but you can't send anything on that day. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you seeing as the window into like what we do about that? I don't know. I mean, I think that's why I wanted to talk about it, especially because they're I don't know. And for me, there's a difference between the holidays that are celebrating a religious artifact, memory or moment, and holidays that are celebrating something else, you know, such Mm -hmm. as Memorial Day or Labor Day, which are celebrating Mm -hmm. veterans and workers. You know, those holidays, for me, feel more universally applied. Like they're like in honoring Mm -hmm. of all people, anyone who Mm -hmm. has family members that have fought for this country, anyone who has someone who has been participated in labor or in the labor movement, I think, you know, that's um, powerful. I think certainly President's Day has some significance around the way our government is structured, you know, those kinds of things. But the religious holidays, Christmas in particular, um, is a real challenge, I think, because we have um, we have so many faiths. And um, so I don't know how companies should handle it. I think it would be I think until Christianity is not a dominant religion or the dominant religion that it has, it, it would be pretty hard to move our society here in North America away from Christmas as a holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think companies can do a better job at creating space for employees to have floating holidays, for example, that are equivalent to Christmas that they could take for their holidays. Now, that doesn't accommodate what you're saying, which is like Chinese New Year's being a two-week festival. You know, it may, that's a big yeah. That's two day. Two weeks is different than two days. You know what I mean. But is there a way yeah. to to think about uh, spiritual holidays or religiously focused holidays being celebrated that are non denominational that people can take based on the faith that they practice? And then and then yeah. and then employers don't have to get into deciding if it's real faith or not faith. You know, like do we buy into Muslim traditions? Do we buy into, you know witchcraft. I mean, you know, I'm not comparing religions. I just think that we don't, that way we don't have to have an opinion about it. People can practice the faith that they want to practice. Yeah. So I, like I said, I I don't have, I think Christmas is fun. (laughs) All right. So I don't have like very much personal connection to Christmas. I'm working on it. 
but I don't have very much personal connection to Christmas. So I'm wondering how it feels for you to have this conversation. If it feels kind of nerve wracking or sacrilegious or tender to have a conversation about holidays that have really, really large meaning for you and stating like maybe they shouldn't or maybe they need to change. Like, how do you feel? You know, it's interesting. And I appreciate you asking. I, I am from, I am, I would say my ancestors are Christian. I am not, I do not identify as a Christian today. I don't identify not as a Christian though. Like I'm, I'm a, my, my spiritual beliefs are connected to a higher power the way I define it. And so, so, but I have attended church. I have many of my family members are, beloved members of church communities, Christian church communities. And I probably, if I identify to any religion, it's probably the closest to that. Um, but it doesn't, because I'm not a practicing Christian the way that many are, I, I'm not attached to the celebration of that as a religious holiday. I, I am more of the Santa kind of holiday, Christmas orientation, you know, that I have grown up with a probably Northern European bias around Santa and elves and gift giving and wooden shoes and, you know, a, a food that we wooden eat. Wooden shoes? Like <laughs> well, it's like yeah. the Scandinavian. You're going to have to do a, <laughs> you're gonna have to do a whole <laughs> podcast about what the heck you're talking like, about. To me, those are cultural traditions, which are, yeah. you know, which are, which are fun to talk about and happen to coincide around Christmas. But I, I believe that there's such a, from a world religion perspective, there are many other cultural traditions that are not visible in our mainstream sort of holiday celebration that I think is um, we could do better at. You know, we could do better at, at celebrating, even including at work, more of the, the world religions that matter to people, um, even though mm. they may or may not be the majority. But again, you know, Judaism, Muslim, Christian. These are world. These are all world religions. These are not. You know. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Huge religions. So it's not like yeah. there's. I don't think this is a majority rules situation around Christmas. It's a insider rules around the founding fathers of our nation, largely originally having been Christian. So it sort of feels to me that the the Christian holiday taking a stronger place in our holiday celebration as religious holiday to me feels like a carryover of a time that has passed mm -hmm. that we might, that we could probably do better with. Totally. Yeah. I've been thinking about this today as we've like been mulling around thinking about this part this conversation. And I think that there's not much conversation in workplaces about how we are celebrating something and why we are celebrating something. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the the missing piece for me, at least, because, for example, Juneteenth, mm -hmm. how do people who are not black in America celebrate Juneteenth? Right. And the answer that I have found inside myself is like, we're not celebrating Juneteenth. We are observing yeah. Juneteenth and we are making space for it. But there's a difference between observing and celebrating. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's actually clear inside of workplaces. And I think that goes for all the holidays, right? Like this is what I mean by like, I'm trying to figure out what wooden shoes and trees. Like the idea that there is two different Christmases, one that goes with incense that goes to the church and one that's Santa Claus is like, you are speaking bizarro words to me, but I'm learning. And I think that's like, that's what I crave inside of the holiday calendar is why are we doing these things? And then how best do we do them together? So I don't need all my cultural holidays to be 
observed at in my workplace. I genuinely actually don't want that. <laughs> I want, but it would be cool to have more conversation around why we as a company are choosing the things to celebrate that we are celebrating or observing based on our own company values. What do we believe in? What do we stand by? What do we see and want to continue in the world? And then we make space for that. Then of course, yeah, there's stuff where it's like FedEx isn't open on Christmas. So if we decide not to do Christmas, we're gonna have to figure that out. But there's a a conversation open for workplaces right now around like, maybe there's a holiday you're missing that actually stands much closer to your values that you haven't been celebrating that you're missing out on. And maybe there's one that's like, ooh, Thanksgiving doesn't stand near our values. So what are we going to call it? We still take that time off. And what are we observing anyways in that space? You know, like you still get those days. What are you going to do with it? And we as a company are suggesting you do this or we are going to do this as a company the two days before that. You know, or I think there's some space there for like, yeah, the larger system is not going to change soon. But what can we do with those days? You know? Yeah. And I think it's a really good call out, a really good call out. And I was heading the same direction in my mind as you were talking. I was like, yeah, observance of a holiday and celebration of a holiday are two different things. And so yeah. and it's easier to get our head around, even if we don't practice, for example, if, if we aren't of the Christian faith, we can probably get our head around the observance of a holiday that was important or is important to the people who said it as a holiday back in the day. Right. So we still hold this space. But then what is it we're observing? I also think that um, things like holidays such as Labor Day, Memorial Day, um, President's Day, now Indigenous Peoples Day, if it becomes in lieu of Columbus Day, is Juneteenth, as you said, 4th of July, are really important days for observing things that matter for us as human beings and living in the places that we live. And I, yeah. and I actually like the idea of federal holidays in that way for sort of galvanizing our thinking in observance of something. So for me, I'll speak for myself as an example, Columbus Day and what it, what it has been historically called when I was a child was I felt a connection to the celebration of Christopher Columbus. And it was right. It was happening right before Thanksgiving. So there was a connection mm-hmm. there. And I grew up in New England. So we had, there was a lot of pilgrim. <laughs> the land. We were yeah, in the heartland of, of the <laughs> plantation, you know, scene. But they were connected in my mind with stories that I now have learned were only partial or not true. And so for me, yeah. I, in my own journey to be anti-racist, one of the first places that I felt like I experienced the possibility of real allyship and a depth of understanding was when a Native American colleague pointed out to me my whiteness. And it was the very first place as a young woman where I started to realize, oh, wait a second, the world, the way I see it as a white woman is very different than someone who is an indigenous person in this land, including what Christopher Columbus represents and what Thanksgiving represents. And so to me, that's one of the valuable things about the observance of a holiday. And this week, which is, you know, last week we celebrated Indigenous Peoples Day. And I noticed myself thinking, reading, noticing, and talking more about the Indigenous people that were part of the ceded territory that white settlement took over, even in my own home country on my home state and town. Um, So I like that idea. And I think that I think it's really powerful for the government, you know, you know, in our case here in the USA to have a have a point of view around observing 
certain holidays or certain periods of time where we say this is worth noticing. Yeah. It's worth noticing. At the same time, I get troubled because states can have their own observed holidays. For example, Texas has a Confederate Heroes Day Whoa. and a Texas Independence Day that are holidays for state workers in the state of Texas. So then I'm going, okay, wait a second. Now it gets really wow complex. That's not a federal holiday, but it's a state holiday and, and states do have jurisdiction over setting their own holidays here in the U.S. So that's just complex. I don't want to take us on a rabbit hole. So there's home, way more than 600 say, holidays is what you're saying. <laughs> My list was incomplete. There's actually four holidays today. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it is complex. It is complex. I mean, the other complexity that comes up for me is, I'll just speak for my own self, that say say we come to work next week and you're like, May, we had that great conversation about um, holidays and we've decided that we are just going to start celebrating every every Chinese holiday there is. It honestly wouldn't feel that safe to me, um, not because of our work environment, but because we have never done that as, as a country. So it's foreign. That's more foreign to me than assimilating into the dominant culture that we have got going on, especially with the climate of Asian hate that's happening. I'm saying this in terms of like, if there is someone out there listening, that's like, we should start doing those holidays. And then they do those holidays. And there's not a very big uptick in people that are excited about doing those holidays. It's because I am assuming that it is because there's not very much safety yet in taking them out of private celebration and into public celebration because we've so generously celebrated these 10 holidays, you know? So I think sometimes when it's like, we should change the system, like burn it to the ground. It's like, no, we can't burn it to the ground because we don't quite know what we're going to stand up in its place yet. <laughs> like, and this feels like one of those places where it's like, okay, we have all these holidays. A couple of them are troublesome. What are we going to do instead about it? And the, to swing the other way is, I'm saying, I don't think is actually the answer yet, but it's like, why are we, why do we even have holidays? I guess is what I'm saying. And why as companies do we get all bound up around this time? And can we do a better job of just looking at even why we just do that? Like how big of a deal does your company make Christmas and Thanksgiving? Mm. Just that. Well, like, I, are they just yeah. days off? You know what I mean? Right. I think, well, I think, yeah. And I think there's the observance and then there's the celebration. And I, and I do think, I will say this, I think even in the last 10 years, companies have gotten a lot more, the good ones have gotten a lot more thoughtful around how they're referencing these observed holidays. The ones that happen this in the winter, Thanksgiving and Christmas in particular, in terms of moving away from religious connotation, moving it, inviting conversations about the observances with less of the, of the emphasis, I think, on the Christian nature of those of those holidays. But but at the same time, there's a wonderful opportunity, going back to something you were saying for curiosity. And I appreciate really very much what you said about the safety, because there is something magical for all of us with the traditions, the practices that we have that are private in our home and in our communities that we don't have to bring to work. We don't have to force work to assimilate or even include that because it's just something that matters to us. You know, mm -hmm. and I and I and and in the case particularly of being a member of a group that has been persecuted against, as you mentioned, with Asian hate crime on the rise right now, it makes total sense that there's a that, that you that that would feel completely strange to flip the tables and be like, well, now we're going to celebrate everything Chinese, you know, yeah. 
Now, by the same token, I'm remembering back to an event that you hosted with us, we hosted that you you informed, which was a conversation that we had with some clients around the time of Chinese New Year's. And you did some, you know, we we were curious, I think, as a team, and you did some wonderful sharing and educating with us a little bit with a little bit more depth about what Chinese New Year meant. And we wove Chinese New Year actually into an event. And, and that was informative, I think, for our team and also for clients in a way that was really powerful. And, I, and I, I've seen some companies, small and large, get really curious about other observances that people may have, you know, whether it's the celebration of, of a Muslim holiday or the celebration of Kwanzaa, the celebration of something that's maybe a more localized observance. And I think that that's one of the things we can do that is helpful, isn't it? To get curious about what are we observing? Totally. And, and giving grace, yeah. like when a Jewish colleague can't come to the meeting because it's on Passover, right. you're going to reschedule the meeting. Like, yeah, I think that's, that's right. the grace, right? It's like, oh, yeah. shoot, sorry, that's not our holiday. We didn't realize should have been on the calendar. Yeah. Of course, we won't have yeah. that meeting without you. You know, like, I think yeah. that's the, you don't have to celebrate Passover, yeah. but don't leave that person alone right? because of that, you know, or. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Don't penalize them, which is, I think, a very important point around. And, and let's say we miss it. Let's say it's a holiday that you know, it's maybe it's a minor holiday in the Jewish faith that gets missed. And somebody says, gosh, you know, Mo, you put that event on a day that I'll be observing this holiday to then really be able to embrace that and, and troubleshoot and problem solve for that. Oh, gosh, you're right. Can we, How can we repair? How can we fix this? Knowing that you have some ground to cover. I reminded May a funny sort of short story. Um, many years ago, I had the chance to do some work with BMW of South Africa, and it was leadership development work. And we were in, I was in South Africa. I had been there a couple of times for this work, working with my friend Beverly. And we came to the second day of the program. And these were dealership owners and all of their key leaders, like, you know, director of parts and director of sales and all this. And we came in in the morning of the second day to the meeting space. There were probably 50 people that had been there the first day. And there were five people missing. And these were men, they were all men, but they were men who usually were on time. So we were surprised because they weren't there. And so we, you know, we went on and started the agenda and, and about, about 15 minutes later, somebody said, Oh, I just remember they, I got a message. They are on walkabout, which is part of their tribal process. Wow. These were men in their twenties and thirties. Um, and one of my colleagues that was on the planning team said, well, do we know when they'll be back? We were thinking in our mind, we were like, well, they'll be back later. They're going to walk back Today, around. Right? Yeah, they're going right. to walk back in. They walk back in, right? <laughs> and, and, and they were like, oh, no, we don't know. It's usually several weeks what? that they're gone. Exactly. And we were like, they walked away for several <laughs> weeks and no one knew that they were going to be. And, you know, I felt with my American headset, I felt a little bit disrespected. I felt worried because I was like, we had a five-day training. They only made it to day two. We didn't know about this ahead of time. Yeah. And we had some really interesting conversations about like, actually, that's apparently in this particular tribal practice, that was how walkabouts happen. It's sort of like when things aligned in the moment, that's when you would go. And so that that resulted mm -hmm. in the rest of us needing to have a way to both proceed because we were still in session, but also to plan for accommodation when those 
people returned, which the South African client was much more used to dealing with than, than we were. But I found that very, a very interesting example and how easy it is to sort of go to judgment and exclusion yeah. about the rightness or wrongness of a certain practice rather than to say, oh, these are flex days. They're, you know, they're taking these as, as flex days, I guess, holidays, vacation time or whatever. Um, and, and the system can accommodate it. And I guess that's maybe yeah. one of the things that we're landing on here. It's like the system can accommodate the different things we observe and we could probably even do better with consistency and curiosity about the federal observations, you know, the yeah. federally observed holidays. Yeah. And it, I love that story because part of it's like, if you would have known that walkabout was an option, right? right. You might've been like, oh, perhaps they're on a walkabout, right? Like right. <laughs> if you're in a baseball game and you get hit with a baseball, you're like, oh, I'm at a baseball game, right? But if you don't know right. that you're at a baseball game and you get hit by a baseball, you're like, what is happening? So I think that is, yeah. you know, back to what I'm suggesting of like, let's look at the full baseball game of like, what holidays are there possible that you might need flex time for, for your company? Because then you're not caught in that moment of like, walkabout, what? you know? Right. Well, flex time or, or flex space, right? Because oh, let's say I'm, I've, I've heard of some clients who, for example, have Muslim employees um, and the, they don't want, they don't, they are not asking for observed holidays, but they are sometimes asking for space if they're coming to the office where they can do their regular practice, their regular prayer um, in a way that the system isn't necessarily used to doing, but it doesn't mean they can't, right. you know, find a way to flex and bend. Oh, I love that so much. I think that's where we should end actually, is that just mm. because the system isn't used to it doesn't mean they can't yeah. do it. I think that goes for so many things. Just because you haven't done it, just because it hasn't been done before, does that mean that yeah. it's impossible or does that mean that we can figure out how to do it, especially going into the holidays? Well, especially going to the holidays, and I guess here's the last thing that I would say about this is kind of an aha that I'm having right now as well, is that I think it's incumbent on us as leaders and as employers also, and you know, I'm thinking about this as a business owner, you know, to to really also perhaps do a better job stepping into the complexity of the observance and what it may mean. So so for example, I know that not all of my team celebrates Christmas as and some, some do, some have Christian faith that they're celebrating and some don't. And so what am I doing as an employer to really talk about that ambiguity and still acknowledge everybody gets two days off. And so what are you going to be doing? What's a winter tradition for you about this or whatever? Um, or when it comes to the 4th of July, to be able to say, you know, for some, this holiday brings up complex feelings, you know, beyond hot dogs and fireworks around our history. And let's let's um, let's be willing to step into the ambiguity of these observances. You know, Labor Day is another one. It's confusing for some people. What is Labor Day? And as an employer, can I be curious about that? Can I explore it? Can I talk about about that holiday or that observed time off in its complexity, rather than trying to make it just a narrow? This is what it is, and everybody must mm -hmm. believe or subscribe to that. So, bravo. I'm still looking forward to getting lessons about Christmas. I'm Christmas curious. Okay. We can all be. <laughs> I know. We can all be holiday curious. <laughs> well, we Just are. And we, I, I appreciate that you're Christmas curious. And I actually <laughs> am feeling, based on the conversation I had recently with this employee, this colleague, this client of ours, I'm really curious about 
some other world religions, one of which is Muslim, around what are that what is Christmas like? Um, what is it like during Ramadan when yeah. their relatives are taking much more time off and um, and and practicing different rituals that maybe the workers are in their company are clueless about? How can I learn more? about that, not because I'm going to become Muslim, but because I work with Muslims, or I work with people who are Jewish, or I work with people who are Chinese, or whatever, you know, different, I work with people from other countries, other ethnic origins, um, that other cultures that I can, that I can be curious about, and I'm better for it. You know, I think that's one of the wonderful things about these acknowledgements of observances is we can we can learn more about each other. So, yeah. so yeah, hit me up anytime for your Christmas curious. I'm there. I'm there for you. Great. I feel good about that. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, Mo. Bye. Thanks, May. Bye.